Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, people of all ages, welcome to the Sticky Floors podcast. I am one of your hosts, CJ. I am joined by my other host, Mr. Will. And <laughs> and tonight we are talking about the Marvels. Um, this is our first time talking about a comic book movie. Um, and this movie is in movie theaters right now. So it goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. There are major spoilers for what we're going to be talking <laughs> about tonight. If you have not seen this movie yet, you need to go out and watch it. But then make sure you definitely come back and listen to this show. Because uh, we're going to be talking about the about the movie The Marvels. And then we're also just going to talk about the MCU in general. Um, I just got to say for any, as a disclaimer, me and Will are, we are, we are the blurs. <laughs> we are the... The black comic book nerds if this is like something that you are if you're a part of that fraternity this is the show for you if not we talked about any given sunday a couple weeks ago a couple months ago you can go back and watch that one or listen to that one um okay so the marvels just really quickly um the marvels um tells the story of captain marvel who is coming to terms with um the destruction of the Cree world and has now been linked through her powers to Monica Rambeau, who is her adopted niece, and to Ms. Marvel. And the three of them with their powers linked have to find a way to work together to defeat uh, an enemy from Ms. Marvel, I'm sorry, from Captain Marvel's past. And that is the quick breakdown, quick and dirty version breakdown of <laughs> what the movie is all about um we're gonna break with the format a little bit here you know normally we talk about the culture and the influences and you know all those things about the movies we're gonna talk about that on the back end we're gonna jump in and start talking about the cake um so there's a couple things and, and will let's just go back and forth on this right. um on the cake um so cake one of the things that i, I liked about this movie was i liked ms marvel i liked the character um i thought the tone of the movie matched up with her character and she seemed like she was having fun in the movie even though her life was constantly in jeopardy um it was a pretty good transition i thought of the the television show the disney plus television show character to the movie it never felt like i was watching a television character in a movie I felt like i was watching a movie character in a movie i think that's a credit to the actress and to just the, how the character was delivered in general that's one of my my slices of cake. What you got? Oh man, I'm going with uh, the exploration of other planets. Uh, for me, I am, as CJ said, a very uh, uh, avid aficionado because I don't like the term fan because I'm not fanatical about it, but I am very passionate. I am uh, much an admirer of uh, inner and outer space. So I love Star Wars. I love Star Trek. This, this movie is the first venture, I would argue, that actually tells the tale of the main character and how they have ventured on their own, mind you, in space and uh, visiting a different cultures and having a different lifestyle. Uh, so whether it be the introduction of the water planet and how their people communicate via singing or uh, the new homeworld of some of the Cree, which is more like a commune, though, because... Uh, that little small city that uh, you're introduced to, uh, it didn't seem to be robust with uh, a heavy populace of Cree and, excuse me, of uh, Skrull individuals. Only towards the 
the dramatic uh, portion of that segment in which you see individuals running. And now you're introduced to uh, a wide array of of uh, scroll individuals. Okay. Yeah. And they actually wiped out all, like, it was like six scrolls left at the end of that joint that was on the plane. So they, <laughs> that was, that was beat up how that happened at the end there. It was rough, but, uh, man. They were yo, this, it was like, right. It was like 400 <laughs> and then it was seven. Like, yeah. God, dog. I wouldn't miss a Captain Marvel anymore either after that. They was like, yo, we're done with you, man. Yeah. Get it, send <laughs> us a new, send us, send us a new Asgard, man. We, you know, we don't, we don't need your help. But yeah, that was good too, though. You. The introduction or reintroduction or the cameo feature of, uh, excuse me, Valkyrie. I, I like that. Mm-hmm. That was uh, unexpected. Yeah. yeah, they they definitely threw all the the, the cameos they could have disjoint, man. They definitely yeah. did that. All right, my next uh, slice of cake goes to the Cree mind tool scene. Mm. So there's this thing that they're able to put on their heads that allows them to go and see memories. Right. And there's a scene where Captain Marvel, Monica Rambeau, and Ms. Marvel all put those on and they start their memories start to overlap. But the real memory is the memories that both uh, Monica Rambeau and Captain Marvel have of Monica's mother who passed away in the movie has passed away of cancer mm-hmm. while Monica was blipped away. And there's like this kind of shared pain that they go, they experience. I think that that scene was good for showing where why there's tension between Monica Rambeau and Captain Marvel. And it also was a good foreshadowing for obviously what happens at the end of the movie, which I know you're going to touch on. So, but uh, just to piggyback on your slice, I think it was a very interesting way for them to comment on the comic book lore and the introduction of cancer to the character, Captain Marvel, Marvel, um, and Miss Marvel, because in the comic book, uh, Marvel, he ends up tragically dying. Um, this is during the Jim Starlin run in the Cancerverse, even though they bring him back to life eventually, not decades later, but eventually they bring him back. But I think that's only due to the fact of the uh, incorporation of Captain Marvel in the MCU. Um, and then um, you mentioned something else that uh, I wanted to comment on uh, with respect to uh, uh your cake. And I think it was, uh, if I remember correctly, something to the effect of, uh, um, you liked, um, or Betty, I rather than me paraphrase, uh, maybe you can uh, rehash what it was that you said in your opening sentence, which one, the mind control, the mind, yeah, the mind the, tool. Thing? Oh yeah. The repurposing of that. Cause remember when they yeah, say yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, it was yeah. a torture device. So I like the device. Way, yeah. I like the way that they, uh, try to flip it. So that was dope. Um, yeah. But with respect to my second portion, uh, tying into other planets, I like the theory of uh, introduction of alternate planets. And, I mean, excuse me, alternate realities. Um, and the reason being is, uh, for vanity purposes, I like to think that uh, there's a couple of versions of me that are caking it up. So shout out to me <laughs> in uh, whatever universe is out there that are balling. Um, you know, we gets it in. Um, but on a serious note, I just like the fact that um, in this story, uh, it gives you a different point of view of, you know, what happens if you take the road less traveled and you go left instead of right. So it introduces you to these different characters, uh, and not only the different characters, so a la uh, Mr. Fantastic, who was played by fan fan favorite uh, uh, Jim Kaminsky. Um, but you also have like, you don't have a Captain Marvel uh, who's played by Monica Rambeau, uh, her mom. Uh, so I, I thought that was dope. 
Yeah, I like that too. And you know, I realized um, about the the whole multiverse thing that in the beginning, I've always thought like there was kind of one through line on this multiverse part. Mm -hmm. What I've realized is that actually they're trying to say there's all these different realities and each movie is kind of showing you a little bit of one of them. So like this movie, obviously, it goes to the X-Men world at the end. Mm -hmm. um, like Shang-Chi has the dragon place. There's yeah. the quantum realm. There's whatever Loki is dealing with. There's all those places that Doctor Strange falls through and Doctor mm -hmm. Strange too. So, you know, I get that. I think that that's a cool point. Um, my last slice of cake, which I think really sums up where I am about this movie, is I like the credits animation at the end. Like, <laughs> I just thought the credits looked good. It's I was stretchy. I saw yo, I saw this twice and the first time I saw it, I wanted to get my I wanted to demand my money back. And then <laughs> and then I saw it again and I felt a little bit different about it. And I have to I have to credit my daughter for giving me a little bit of a different perspective. But yeah, I thought the credits animation was dope. That's my last slice of cake for this movie. <laughs> have to forgive me sounds like a stretch man sounds like you was really reaching on that I one y'all I, I missed i missed a fantastic dip <laughs> elongated man plastic yeah, man I, I plastic oh, man, man. I, I dig it shout out to uh lashana lynch who is uh play who's the actress who played maria rambo who we were just talking about uh who is the two other alternate versions of captain marvel um for me my third joint is obviously the x-men um, that whole universe, I don't know if it's going to be the 1980, uh, 1997 version or even going back further to Spider-Man and his amazing friends. I don't really care. You just, as long as you give me the X-Men, I understand that. And this is, uh, maybe a little, uh, premonition, uh, foreshadowing of, uh, what we'll be getting into the second half of the show. But, um, the X-Men for me, even though everyone knows they are, um, supposed to be symbolic of any so-called minority in the United States and even across the world. Um, for me, the X-Men represent timelessness. So anytime I get to see them in live action, um, and hopefully um, they have the actual blue and gold teams uh, from the Jim Lee, uh, Chris Claremont era, that man, or even the Wallace Protasio and uh, uh, Mark Silvestri segment, man, that, that'll do it for me. I'll even take John Byrne for, for that, for that matter. Yeah, I would, I would love to see the, um, like the, like the X-Men team where it's like Cyclops, Wolverine, Colossus, Storm, Nightcrawler, Banshee, mm. and, and, uh, Jean Grey slash Marvel Girl slash Phoenix. Oh, I would man, love to, awesome. I would love to see that. And, I would love to, for them to try to do it with as close to the classic uniforms as possible. Really? Okay. I would settle for that too. Trust me. I, I would think that would be that any would be version. Dope. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be dope. Yeah. I mean, I got, I like similar to you, man. I'm my comic books, my comic book collecting started with the X-Men. So yep. I would love to see the X-Men done right. I do think some of the X-Men movies in the past were pretty good. Some of them were not so good, but It'd be, I'm, I'm, I would be very interested to see what they do with that in the future. So, yeah, yeah that's some cake that we both both like that. Um, all right, so let's get into the hate because, you know, you talk about the cake, you got to talk <laughs> about the hate too. 
My first thing of hate, and I got a long list of hate, but I'm just going to give you three. <laughs> um, the Nick Fury portrayal, man. I This is like, I, like, I feel like Sam Jackson, when he was on the set of this movie, he was asleep and they woke him up. <laughs> and they just told him to do whatever. And he just did it. Like, I don't like, I don't know, like, what his contract, how many movies he's got to be in. But this was like, he's mailing it in. This is like Nick Fury as like a, as like, a, um, as comic relief. Like, he's talking to the cat. He's saying, you know, black girl magic. Like, he's just, he's not even Nick Fury anymore in this. So I don't rock with that. That's, that's my first thing. Uh, what you what you got, man? I will say though that as an actor, you know, Sam Jack does have that comedic that comedian in him. You know, that comedic role isn't foreign territory to them. So they he probably does. were like, just Sam Jackson. No, nah, he does. Just just Samuel Samuel do it. Yo. Yeah, that's you're not Nick. Fury that's what anymore. it looked like. It looked like yeah. the script. The script for him said just Sam Jackson. It. That's yeah. what it said. Because they didn't, they was like in this scene, you just do what you want because. <laughs> We don't care, and you don't care either. Uh, oh, honorable mention! Like it's very, it was very different. It was very, it was very different. Remember um, when we used to, we were talking about uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, which I hated, and we were talking about how Christian Bale was acting in that. Yeah, yo, Christian Bale, he was he was in that movie. He was acting like he had like an adjustable rate mortgage that had blown up. <laughs> that money so bad like that he was like yo i'm willing to do anything you want me to like shave all my hair off paint myself beige i'm gonna do it whatever it is i got you just give me a chance like he was so hungry in that movie man that nobody i haven't seen nobody be that hungry in a long time and it definitely wasn't sam jackson this one sorry i digress go ahead what's your first no need to apologize i love the hate section I will say that the, what CJ just commented on is a perfect segue to a lot of the things we'll be talking about in the second half. So stay tuned. Um, my first hate is Miss Marvel slash Amon Villani. <laughs> I wow, I I don't even know where to begin. Um, so the first thing that just comes to mind, the, the, in no particular orders, this is a 21 year old actress who thinks she's 16. All right, all right. Why don't you just get a real 16 year old to play the character but that's just me um second um i think she's a little too bubbly too eager um i'm just not i'm not i'm not thrilled with the portrayal i know i'm gonna catch flack for it if anybody out there who follows comic books that likes it but i just you know shout out to her getting a check being a human being etc etc i don't want to sound like i hate her or anything like that no i wish her the best and i will never criticize anybody getting legal money get yours but I just don't think that she's suitable in the portrayal of a character whose powers are supposed to be stretch based and she's an inhuman, whereas now she's a mutant and now her powers are light based and now her family is involved in everything that she does. That's mm. crazy to me. I, I'm mm. sorry. I understand the fact that she's an admirer of Captain Marvel, but in real talk, if she was a dude, they would call her a stalker. And they would lock her up and throw away the key. If I walked into your room and you got pictures of me from every angle with a hand-drawn joint that says BFF, what would you call it 
if it was a dude doing that about a girl, a minor. If the roles were reversed and Captain Marvel was doing that, what would you do? Exactly. That would be a different. That'd probably be a different situation, yeah, man. But that'd be crazy. Obviously, and, obviously, you don't rock with, with, with no, Marvel. because the fact the fact is is that it's going to be a letdown because they tell you never meet your heroes. So this girl has already, and it's the reason why they made sure that they had her say this. So think about how she had to be in the moment to remember, oh yeah, I, I apologize for not seeing you or letting you be a real person. See, they don't do that with a male character like with Spider-Man and Tony Stark. They didn't do that. We, the the yeah. joke was from Doctor Strange was, what is this, he's your ward? And they would always yeah, have some kind of comedic thing where he's like, oh, we're using our real names. But the fact that she calls herself Miss Marvel and then tries to give Monica Rambeau, who, if you follow comic books, goes by a numerous of um, aliases, whether it be binary, photon, pulsar, spectrum, which is the names that they rattle that she ironically rattles off. And then she even at one point in the comic books goes by Professor Marvel. So my my thing is is that you know you could have came up with anything, you could have depicted this this person. But you didn't. You started off on the rip, not doing so. As far as like the, the casting, and then when she had her own show, I didn't like it. As a matter of fact, I think it's one of the three uh, tripods as far as like why the second half of uh, Marvel movies. I'm not going to go by phases. The second half is garbage. Got it. But that's just so me. I don't. I don't. Know, I'm not sure if you really. Yeah, I'm not sure if you really told told everybody how you feel about it, but. Maybe, maybe, nah, <laughs> maybe, maybe not, not even a little bit. Just, all right. Not even. All right. So my second, so my second thing from the, from the world of hatred is, uh, the ending, world um, of hatred. the ending of this, I, it just, it's like, okay. So they, they get there, they're fighting this lady and they knock like a building or some part of a building on her. It lands on the lady. It punctures her she's laying there they're like we got you she's like all right y'all got me <laughs> and they're like you know what we understand why you were doing this maybe we can fix your son on your planet and she's like okay that would be cool and they pick the joint up off her and then she flips up grabs her hammer holds down <laughs> captain ms marvel takes the band from ms marvel and disintegrates now, if you if you've seen the movie, you know that that's not really far off of what actually happened. If you haven't, just wait. You're gonna see it, and that is what happened. This is one of the worst anticlimactic fights against a bad guy that only works because the bad guy was trash anyway. So the that that fight works. So that's it. Uh, I got a slight your next. Thing? I got a slight pushback on that. I like the character of Dar Ben. Not in the movie, but in the comic books. Who's a man, not a woman. And this will also be a nice... Uh, just remember that line when we talk about stuff in the second half. The fact that it, it appears to be anticlimactic... Well, look at it like this, CJ. Do you really think that they were going to let the sun disappear from Earth's atmosphere? Of course not. And in the Have a better fight, book, though. Have a better fair. fight, though. That, you know what? That is fair. But how do you incorporate that when literally... The pace of the movie has been quick overall. Do we draw out that fight scene? How do we? How do we? So how do we manage that? 
so I'm this is I'm I'm gonna get into that because I'm gonna talk about that in my in my okay, last okay. thing of, of hate because that's that's there. So what you got? Because I'm I'm coming to that one. I'm coming yeah. to that. All right, dig it. So uh, oh yeah, and uh, shout out to uh, Zawe Ashton. I probably butchered her first name. Um, that's the actress who plays the uh, 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 swapped out gender of uh, Dar Ben. Um, but what is accurate? They both die in the comic and in the movie. Um, my third is oh no i'm sorry my uh yeah my second is the introduction of the young avengers i have a severe problem when what do you know miss marvel is now nick fury in the shadows creeping in uh hawkeye uh played by uh, uh katie stansfield uh in her loft and says hey i need you to sign up for this new team and oh by the way uh there's another young person who also is going to get down with us. She just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> like I've already seen that. And Samuel L. Jackson did it better than you. Uh, I don't like the whole, you know what? We're adolescents. We're 16 and we're just going to go. Well, uh, Hawkeye is what 19. She's in college, but nonetheless, she's still a teenager. I don't like the aspect of these teenagers who think that they can do something that it takes a, <laughs> a, a team, a country of adults to do who will flip their little bodies. And how do you manage sneaking out of your household, which your mother and father are allowed to just roam free and tell you what to do, even though you could literally put them in a little cage and lock away the key and throw them down the stairs. Like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get the fact that now all of a sudden, um, and CJ has commented on this ad nauseum to me behind the scenes about target audiences and demographics, but who do you think is paying for these people that they're targeting when these people don't have jobs, don't have a car and have to ask for permission to go to the movies? Oh, me, Yeah, we're, me and CJ. Yeah, we're going to, so yeah, we're going to, we're going to touch on that. That's so my business, point being business plan. Yeah. But my point being is in the movie if we're putting on our movie haps here and remember again i'm the one that suspends all reality when it comes to movies how is this girl getting around how is her friends getting around who's financing uh their 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 adventures and when one of them gets murked what do, what do you think the parents are going to do go up to kingpin and be like hey you killed my daughter like are you are we serious here there's a reason why most superheroes don't have wives and children it's the reason why when Hawkeye, uh, Jeremy Renner's version, uh, why everyone was surprised that he had a whole family on a farmhouse. So, so let me ask you a question about that one, right? I'm not a fan of I'm not a fan of the whole Young Avengers thing either. But how does how is that whole scenario any different than like Spider Man being a high school kid? Oh, I, I was waiting for that. So my point in that is, notice there are three versions of Spider Man. And notice how in the first two movies, they tried to run through the fact that he was a teenager real quick so that they could get him to his college years, to his early 20s. Early 20s. That's totally different than being 16. I have a 16-year-old. Mm -hmm. I don't allow her to leave certain blocks. You think yeah, I'm going to let her but, go on adventures over here fighting crime? No but way. the MCU one, but the MCU one is, is like 15 or 16. Yeah, and that's where my other conundrum came into, too where we have a rehash telling of how he became Spider-Man and how he has to deal with the perils of being an adolescent versus being a full-time superhero. And it took Tony Stark to give him an upgrade, then punish him by taking it away, and then for him to almost lose his life. 
And if it wasn't for the fact that Michael Keaton's vulture was benevolent and didn't want to murk him, which any other villain would have, like the real, like the vulture, I was about to say real, like the vulture <laughs> in the comic books, he, he would have done it. He would have done it. <laughs> like the real vulture. Okay. All right, man. So, so my last, uh, my last of the things that I'm not, I'm going to talk about that I didn't like is like the weird kind of way the powers were working in this. And like, like I'm going to take Ms. Marvel out of this because I thought her thing was actually consistent with the show, right? Mm. I can't figure out what Monica Rambeau's powers like are. They, to me, it seems like her powers were like the, 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 Deuce ex machina of like this this movie where she could really do whatever it is that they wanted her to be able to do. At one point, like she can like shoot kind of light energy out of her hand that can start up electrical electric electric things. She can phase if she has to through things. She can fly. She can absorb light energy. She's like all across the spectrum. Like she she can do it all and. I know it's I know it's comic books and I know like comic books anything happen and do get bit by a spider and he's still alive. So okay, I get it. <laughs> but but that that just I, I just couldn't I couldn't keep up with that. And then the supervillain, what what was her name? Darbin? That's what you're saying the name was? Mm-hmm. Darbin? Yeah. I'm intentionally trying not to remember. Darbin. I know you know. <laughs> Darbin is like so Darbin is strong enough that she can fight. Captain Marvel, Monica Rambeau, and Ms. Marvel toe-to-toe, mm-hmm. right? Now, early in the movie, Captain Marvel is strong enough to punch somebody through three floors of a house. Mm-hmm. When she punches Darben, Darben gets knocked backwards. Mm-hmm. But a random piece of debris pierces Darben's body and puts a hole in her. It just, it's just kind of like all over the place, like, are these people like are they do they have super strength do they not have super strength do they fly do they not fly can they fly can they breathe in space like can they not breathe in space if if monica rambo can breathe in space why does she need a suit like it, it was just it is doing it is doing a lot and it was hard for me to keep up with it it was just that was just my thing again i'm the one who suspends all reality so I can answer a lot of what CJ says. So for example, um, Darben is a general. He's supposed to be, a, it's supposed to be a he. He's a general who has the physiology of a peak Creek and mm-hmm. they are super strong, but they are not mm-hmm. invulnerable. So the random debris is supposed to have strong tensile, uh, have tensile strength that is supposed to be, you know, just very durable and high quality, almost on the verge of like uh, vibranium. Um, and so that's the reason why I was able to puncture her body and why it, it, it would show the, the blue blood that she was uh, oozing. Um, so with that regard, that's why. Uh, with respect to... Uh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. I got I to gotta ask you a question about that, though. Mm-hmm. But when Captain Marvel, who's strong enough to punch holes through metal ships, hits her, she doesn't crush all of her internal organs. And I don't think she was trying to kill her. I mean, I think that's the way they explain it, like... We need this drawn out fight. This is the lone villain. This is supposed to be the big bad. It can't be one punch that takes her out. She's so strong that she has to take that. on all three. I dig so. that. I love that. But then keep the storytelling consistent then. If you're able to withstand the force of someone hitting you that's strong enough to punch a hole through a ship, 
you should not be able to be injured by a part of a ship falling on you. I get it. I mean, the fact that she also is able to absorb through the quantum bands, which are supposed to be Quasar and Marvel's uh, properties, um, that she's absorbing this light energy, it helped fuel her and enhance her already super strength. Because mm -hmm. um, in the comics that have been retconned so many times, so many times, Captain Marvel is supposed to be uh, part Kree now, and they are supposed to be a warrior race on par with the Skrulls. So you have that, but at the same token, the same way that Captain um, Marvel and uh, uh, all these other individuals are overly powered, somehow, some way, they've got to depower them, or you know, it just gets out of hand. Like, how can they defeat this person then? You know, what's yeah. the practicality of imprisoning them? They'll just get out and do it all it. over again. Yeah. Um, oh, and by the way, I probably mispronounced her name, but I just want to make be, make sure make it clear. Kate Bishop, Hawkeye, played by Haley Steinfeld. I think I was saying confusing her with Lisa Stansfield. I don't know. I've been around the world. I, 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 I been so, around the world. <laughs> so like that's why I was confusing the two. But it's Haley Stanfield. Uh, shout out to you. Uh, major props. Um, get money, girl power, all that jazz. Um, but with respect to my uh i guess my next phase question whatever have you um i'm running with i don't know why but i i guess i i don't know i guess i do it to myself i have these sidebar folks i have been waiting for these movies all my life and um you know i i remember being a kid flipping from NBC channel four to channel seven and, you know, as, as afternoon cartoons and watching these people come to life. And for us, these are tales on par with other mythologies and uh, mythological beings, a la Hercules, uh, a la, uh, you know, uh, Tom and Jerry. Um, and I, I do, I do list them in the mythology because you're talking about a hero's journey with any of these characters or their vulnerabilities or their ability to do things that the average human being can't do, bringing levity, uh, being witty, uh, being, uh, you know, all sorts of emotions. So for me, um, this was my home away from home. This was my escape um, from the real world, my coping mechanism, but also ability to branch out and find other like-minded individuals and the bond with my dad, who, uh, who basically got me involved in comic books. Um, so when I see these individuals, and here's my segue. So when I see these individuals uh, being portrayed and, you know, they try to talk about family and the ties together, I get that. I can appreciate that. You know, behind every individual, you have someone that cares about you. Hopefully you have, you know, a mom and a dad, you know what I mean? And an extended family, maybe some siblings or two. But the problem I have with all that is I don't bring my kids with me to work. I'm sure CJ doesn't bring his kids with him to work, you know? So the thing that you see in the Marvels is you have Kamala Khan bringing her mom, her dad, her brother. He's on the phone with his wife. They're talking about what the spectrum, uh, what the spectrum mean. And they're having access to, they don't, I thought you had to have clearance. I thought, I thought you had to run background checks. And I thought that you, you know, it's a need to know operation and you don't need to know. I mean, they have full operational access and they're helping in the transportation of government agents. 
They're directing ships, not the people who have trained yeah. decades, not the one dude in it who says he's been alive for centuries. No, not them. It's Kamala Khan's mom and dad herding with some cats to get the people swallowed so they can get on the escape pods to get to Earth. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's because Nick Fury was not the real Nick Fury, man. He was um, he was well, he was, he was joke Fury. He was scroll. he was he was a scroll. <laughs> he was joke Fury on that joke. All right, um, couple quick questions that I have. Um, so I have okay. I'm just gonna go to the two that I, I think are interesting. Um, why does Nick Fury care if anyone dies anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Like, why does he care anymore? Like, this is, I was watching it. Like, I got to give it to Sam. Sam really, the one scene that he was really trying, he tried to show, like, this look like he cared that Monica Rambeau was gone, right? But I was watching it and I was thinking to myself, okay, Nick, come on. Coulson's dead. Maria Hill's dead. Tony Stark is dead. Uh, quick, quick, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mon- um, you mean Quicksilver? Yeah, the, yeah, Quicksilver's dead. Like, you've seen a lot of death, and a lot of people have died on your watch, man. Yeah. A lot of people, right, have bit the dust. And every, every movie, literally and figuratively. Talos, Talos, that was your, your man, man, from back in the day, mm-hmm. right? Your, your, your homie, right? And he just kind of keeps it moving all the time, like, no face. I'm good. I'm good. But this one is like, it touches him. And I was just like, why does this death bother him? Like, he's Nick Fury. Like, Nick is Nick is bathed in death by this point. Like he's good. Like he, should, <laughs> he shouldn't have any problems whatsoever with this. But you know, all right. So that's my one question. Next question is: um, Does this take place before or after Secret Invasion? The show. So I'm going to answer both of those. With respect to Nick, I think that they emphasize the comedic aspect of not only Sam Jackson but as the movie as a whole. There was a lot of uh, comedy lightheartedness throughout this movie. And I think that they decided that they were going to continue with this trend of trying to make fun of comic book movies, which, by the way, has given ample fuel and ammunition to those who are uh, opponents of the genre as a whole. But that's a story for another day. Um, So I think them trying to lean in that and thinking that they were being witty and sarcastic and, um, you know, just clever i think it backfires because it does sam jackson's portrayal over the past 33 movies a terrible disservice um with respect to um your your latter question um you know i've rethought some of the things that we were talking about in the uh pre-production um i don't know i'm stuck man um i want to be i want to be positive and say like, <laughs> I do, man. I, I want to be so positive about this because this is my thing. Like, I love the characters as a whole. I love the actors' portrayal that they bring in. Like, they can bring in everybody and anyone to like, like you said, a Christian Bale who is a method actor and who's hungry and, and shows desire. He was, he they'll bring in, yeah, and they'll bring in, you know, a uh, a. Uh, uh, a Robert Downey Jr. that no one expected to be what we have now known capsulizes Iron Man. Like you can't picture anyone else. Maybe Tom Cruise as an alternate version, but you know that rumor has been floating forever. 
Um, but does but but does it but in your opinion does this movie is this before or after secret invasion the show on disney plus for those who don't know no but that's why i'm saying those key points i think it does i i said this in the pre-meeting where i was saying yeah this movie happens after um secret wars and the uh, secret invasion and the reason being Mm -hmm. is um, you know, you have Nick Fury who's left Earth. He's not going to go back and forth to Earth. Like, this is it. He only came down to settle some business because he heard about the terrible things going on. And now he was out because he's be- become disenchanted. Um, but there's no reference of his wife. But I, I would go on and think I would be not taking a very terrible leap by saying, yo, he got rid of his wife. He told her to kick rocks because she tried to kill him and she was a traitor. And there are now, we learned that there is a colony at the very least, a commune of a planet with scrolls. And if there was just that one, there's probably others. Forget the fact that they're going to Asgard, new Asgard that is. Yeah. See, this, this is the thing, man. It's either, you know, if you're going to say that if you watch Secret Invasion and you, you see that join and, you know, they go, the two of them go to the ship in the end. Mm-hmm. She's not going to be in the movie. Okay, fine. Maybe the actress wasn't available. Cool. That's no problem. For this? You're not available? Maybe maybe she wasn't. Maybe they were scheduling concerns, maybe conflicts. Maybe she's in the movie. Okay, fine. Like you said, the dude who's 300 years old, he could have been like, hey, Nick, how's your wife doing? And he could say, hey, she's on the scroll world. Or he could say, hey, I put her in the vacuum lock. Whatever the case may be. Something that kind of just helps with that detail. It's not, it's, it's, it's really nitpicking even for me to bring it up, but it is what it is. No, I um, take it. Attention to detail. And you, and if this is a, this is a, a universe that's predicated upon the details and bringing obscure characters to light. Yeah. I know I, there's nothing together. About, then. Yeah, nothing about that. Yeah. I get it. I definitely do. Get you have it. any, do you have any questions about the joint or about this movie? Um, yeah, I have a couple and I'll just focus on, uh, the one. Um, okay. And I think it'll encapsulate the other three. Um, Does Captain Marvel deserve a third movie? Does Captain Marvel deserve a third movie? Well, if the, if the benchmark is making money, then the answer is going to be no. (laughs) This joint is not going, this joint is not doing well. Um, Even the theater, even the theater that I was in, I want, I saw it twice. I saw it on a Thursday night and I saw it on a Saturday afternoon. The theater was almost empty both times. Wow. So it's already like the lowest opening week for a Marvel movie, right? Yeah, it is. So that's not positive. Um, I think that if you're going to do another Captain Marvel story, they have to really reimagine how they're going to do the character. Because I think they did the character some disservices by just not really giving her um, a sense of vulnerability by not really kind of giving her even a love interest. And I, you know, I think that would have, that would have helped to humanize and normalize the character a little bit. Maybe I remember in the beginning, like month, like years ago now, when they were first talking about this movie, they said that this was going to have the X-Men's rogue in it. Right. And if you and if you are familiar with the comic book story, Rogue absorbed Captain Marvel's powers and that kind of depowered her a little bit and it gave Rogue kind of these superpowers that she has. And it was kind of a good segue 
into the X-Men. If you can do a story like that, then I would be interested in watching it. But I think right now, as it is, it's going to be hard to do a third movie, especially because if you are following Disney as a company, they're trying to figure out how to cut costs and they're not going to invest hundreds of millions of dollars to just break even on a movie and that they'll be lucky if that's what happens. So with respect to whether or not I feel that Captain Marvel should have a third movie, I'm going to have to go with a, a page out of Thor. And by that I'm referring to, there has to be some type of growth, some type of uh, awakening within her. And we've seen the, uh, initial phase of such in this past movie where she's a little bit more sensitive humanistic uh, apologetic because remember in in her other cameos and her own feature film she was arrogant she was uh very uh forceful demanding snarky uh so you kind of see the humility just in the mere explanation she provides with respect to why she didn't come home um in the the guilt that she felt over uh, the loss of uh, Hollis um, and the, the its citizens there. Um, part of that growth is uh, definitely got to involve Rogue. It's got to involve um, yeah, her being stripped that. or limiting of the powers that she has. And then the reawakening, if you will, of her um, coming into her own and, and being more of a complete individual. If they can pull that off, I think that would be not only a great segue for her, her <clears throat> excuse me, for her advancement in future stories that they could tell, whether it be her um, potentially being the connective tissue for the rest of the MCU. Um, because, you know, in the comics, she's the leader of the Avengers for a good period of time. She has a relationship with War Machine, James, Colonel James Rhodes. Um, mm -hmm. She uh, is uh, very uh, instrumental in S.W.O.R.D., um, so just a lot of things along that lines. I think she could be that if they manage to somehow, uh, humble her in a way, I guess, for lack of a better phrase. And then of course, it's a great segue to the X-Men and, uh, how they come about and just their overall, uh, impressions that they leave with the, uh, people that they come into contact with. That would, man, that would be great. Yeah, I, I would like to see that, too. It's funny, like, in the beginning, that was what people said Captain Marvel 2 was going to be about. It was going to be, like, Rogue uh, was going to be in it, and it was going to be okay. kind of a connection to the X-Men. I think that would be interesting, right? Yeah. I, I really... You can, tell, you can tell a story with a female hero, mm -hmm. and it be compelling. But oh, yeah. you got to really dig into telling that kind of story and you have to be willing to take the character on the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. And at a critical part of that journey is the sense of insecurity of mm -hmm. whether or not you can do the thing yep. or be the person. Right. And good stories take you through that journey. You know, they mm -hmm. take you through that that thing and they make they they uh, they end with the character um arriving at their end status because they earned that end status mm, you know so yep. like we take it back to the classic like iron man right iron man starts off 
you know, I'm about business, I'm about money, you know, drinks and chicks. And then he goes through this, he goes through this transformation process, right? And in the transformation process, he then becomes concerned about others. He's concerned about what his machines, what his machinery is doing. And he goes from having something that he's only trying to keep him all his own self alive with to mm -hmm. developing a technology that allows him to save others. Yeah. Right. That's a that's a journey in the arc. I think they can tell that story of Captain Marvel. And if they do, I I would you know, I'll be there. Because I, I would oh, be yeah. interested in that. Definitely. I'll be interested Definitely. in that. But for this movie, <laughs> but for this joint, this joint that was told, we got we gotta put the popcorn on it, right? And uh oh. yo, I gotta say, man, this joint I, this is my lowest lowest boxes ever, man, right here so far since we've been doing the show, man. Why am I not surprised? I'm getting yo, because I say when when I say like my one of my favorite things was the credits animation, that tells you how that's gonna be. So for this one, the Marvels, I am giving it two and a half boxes. And I, I really struggled to give it the half. Wow. But that that's where I that's where I am in it. And and I wanna be fair. I know that I'm not the audience for it. And I'll, we can talk about that a little bit later. But as yeah. someone who did watch it, two and a half boxes. What you got for us, Will? Solid three, easily. Um, okay. And I think it's because uh, some of the things I didn't go over as far as my cake. Um, I like the fact of the uh, pace of the movie where, you know, you get in and it's nonstop action. I can overlook uh, a lot of things as we've gone through this ride of uh you know giving our analysis of these movies uh but some of the things that i can't overlook is i can't be bored by a movie this didn't yeah. do that um yep. i can't i can't stomach like over the top implausibility and what i mean by that is <clears throat> excuse me because i have a sense of where they're trying to go based upon the comic book history and, and the source material, like the graphic novels, et cetera, et cetera. I can understand that they wanted to plant, plant a, a, a flagpole with a female hero. So they covered, you know, they were like, all right, here's one for the blacks. So they gave us uh, black Panther and they didn't do it totally right. But they were like, here, then <laughs> they were like, all right, you know what? Here's your diversity. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? And then they were like, all right, here's Shang-Chi. All right, you Asians, now you can, we pacified you. And then uh, they were like, and, and you Indians, Pakistani, uh, uh, so-called Middle Easterns, here, here. You, you can take this little chick over here. Um, but, you know, when it came to their predecessors, um, they had been planning Captain Marvel for a while. They just didn't know which hero to, to, to do. And they were worried about the contracts because, you know, it's a sad state of affairs when, you know, you have someone like Marvel and they have a plethora of characters to choose from, but it's more about the money. And so I say that to say, you know, I'm giving it a three based upon me being able to bob and weave their uh, seductiveness. That is really nothing more than propaganda. Got it. So let me let me ask you a question, man, because this is I, I I hadn't thought about this as a question, but something mm -hmm. you just said, it made me wonder this. And it's kind of a segue into the, the continuing discussion here. If you had not 
had no knowledge of the comic book history of mm-hmm. Captain Marvel and any of those characters, and you walked in and you watched that movie, do you think you would have seen it differently? Oh, most definitely. Uh, that's unquestioned. Um, and in certain cases, I probably would have been more judgmental um, because I didn't have that background knowledge as a child and looking through it with that type of innocence and naivete. And and then all of a sudden it fosters creativity in your brain. And these are individuals that you can relate to. I can't relate to Hercules and his trials because I'm not from that culture. So it has a different uh, uh appreciation based upon the understanding like yeah it's cool you know i I dig it he was convinced that he killed his wife and his children um but that wasn't the case it was the gods playing with him etc etc especially hera and to make these gods appear more accessible they gave them human traits so I, i dig it but that means nothing to me because it's not instinctively mine whereas these individuals I can see myself because they're more modern day and and Marvel is more based on science. DC, which, this is the reason why I've always liked Marvel over DC, and DC is more about Roman and Greek mythology. So yeah, I definitely would have I would have been more judgmental and critical. So you would have liked it. So you would have liked it <clears throat> less. You'd have liked the movie less if you didn't yeah. know the modern day mythology yeah. behind it. Okay. All right. No, no so all right, so there's a couple things that that uh Okay, so there's a couple of things that I'm wondering then. Um, broader kind of MCU picture, right? So mm-hmm. since since oh, since Endgame happened, um, you know, Disney Plus has now flour- flourished, of course, but there's been several movies that have been put out, right, after Endgame. And those movies, the order of them was uh, Shang-Chi and the mm-hmm. Ten Rings, Eternals, Spider-Man No Way Home, Doctor Strange 2, um, Thor Love and Thunder, Wakanda Forever, Ant-Man, Quantumania, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and now the Marvels. So how would you rate those movies from the best to the worst of those? From your from your view, for your viewing enjoyment. You know how like there's uh in the NFL there's and I hate bringing this up because of the singer, but you know how 87 with the Chiefs is clearly amongst like there's a wide discrepancy between him and the rest of the tight ends in the NFL. Yeah. Oh, this is because you're a Raiders fan. You don't want to say Travis Kelsey. I got you. This is, this is, I got, this is Spider-Man no way home clear cut, man. Like that movie is way beyond everything else. Then after that dramatic drop off, I got Dr. Strange, uh, Shang-Chi, uh, okay. Guardians three, uh, okay. Black Panther, uh, Ant Man, yeah, Ant Man, Marvels, uh, Eternals, and Thor. Which yeah. you running with? So mine is kind of similar. Mine's kind of similar to that. I got No Way Home number one, and I, I agree with you. It's leaps and bounds ahead yeah. of the other ones. Um, then I got number two. I got Guardians three. Okay. Um, then I got Doctor Strange 2, then I got Shang-Chi, so I think we both have Shang-Chi at 4. Then I got uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever at 5. I got um, Eternals at 6, Quantumania 7, 
the Marvels eight and Thor Love and Thunder at nine. Thor Love and Thunder, we will never discuss that movie because <laughs> that would be that would be abusive. And it, it would it would it would feel personal when it wasn't. And I'm not I'm not gonna do that. But but here's the thing, but here's the thing I'm wondering though is this, right? When you look at when you take a step back and you look at these movies that have come out, who is the audience now for Marvel movies? Oh, easily. in your opinion, yeah, uh, easily it is for a younger audience. So anybody from I agree what do they thousand call percent? Them? Yeah, Generation Z, I think they call them whatever have you. So basically, my kids anywhere ranging from like fifteen to twenty five. I know, mm-hmm. I know my twenty five year old. I think she's categorized as a millennial. But either way, the point is that's the age group. I think they're looking, as you discussed before, in the. Uh, numerous uh you know uh pre-taping discussions uh they want someone that's going to grow with the audience it's the reason why they've tried to revise the contracts you know because they're like oh when we hired these guys they were in their 30s now all of a sudden they're in their 40s some even in their 50s you know it's time to pack it up you old yes yeah (laughs) <laughs> they're, they're starting to be like, you know what? We'll just give you the one or two year deals. Kind of like uh, in the NBA, get your 10 day mm-hmm. contract. Maybe you get a three year, two year joint. And if you're, if you're on a LeBron, you can renew that joint every now and then. And I think that's the reason why they're talking about, oh yeah, Scarlett Johansson is going to come back. Uh, Tony Starks, uh, we're, we're, we're floating the idea of an alternate version with Tom Cruise. And then, oh, you know what? Maybe we'll bring back Robert Downey Jr. as an AI. And have his daughter be Iron, uh, Iron Lad, or something like that. Just, just crazy. But yeah, yeah I think that, they're looking at looking at a different demographic, man. Yeah, I you know, I agree. I think, and this is the thing that I learned the second time I went to go see the Marvels. Uh, I went with my daughter, and she loved the movie. Yeah, and you know, she she's much younger, and so mm-hmm. she's in that new demographic. And and I realized, like, okay, if Disney Disney's a company, right, and they're selling a product. And if you're selling anything, you want repeat business. Yeah, of right. They're not going to get a lot of repeat business out of a 46 year old man on anything, really, because, you know, I might mm. stop going to the movies in 20 years or I might not be around to go to movies in 20 years. But someone who's 15. Right. 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 That's <laughs> right. Thank you for saying that. But like but like if you're you're talking about a 15 year old, that person. Yeah. 20 years from now, they're 35. They're still in there mm. buying, but able to do that. It's kind of like the experience of when I was able to go back. I remember when um, The Phantom Menace came out. Mm. I was in college. Yep. Right. And I had missed the experience of going to a movie Mm. to see a Star Wars movie. Now, I did see Return of the Jedi, but I was very young. I didn't I didn't get the people going. Right. People going dressed up as stormtroopers and Wookiees Mm -hmm. and whatnot. That was a whole new thing. What's interesting, it, and this kind of gets to something that I know you've brought up before, is that the prequel movies today are seen as much better than they mm-hmm. were seen at the time they came out. Yeah. And I wonder if maybe the same thing will happen with some of these movies that we talked about. Like maybe the Marvels <laughs> is thought of as like a really good movie for that generation of people 10 years from now maybe Mm. dr oh dr strange is all right but maybe like um 
maybe like an Eternals is seen as like a really good movie 10 years from now. I don't know about I, Thor Love and Thunder. I don't think that's going to make the cut. <laughs> I never but yeah. I, I never thought of it like that. That's novel. I mean, like, it's an interesting thing, man, how they like, you know, because now yeah. people love the prequel movies, you know, but yeah. before people hated them. Maybe the sequel trilogy does the same thing. Maybe 15, 20 years from now, nah, people nah, are like, yo, nah. I... <laughs> no, no, no. I was oh, with shoot. you. I was with you to a point, but no, no. Yeah, we're right. No, I got you. I got you. All right. So I think I think if, <clears throat> if you were going to give the state of the MCU right now a grade, right, A to A to F. What grade would you give it right now? Mm, that's a good question. I'm going to grade on a curve. I'm going okay. to be optimistic too because of the what if trailers and uh, yeah, I saw that the things that are pending, like in the pipeline that they're talking about, and the fact that Kevin Feige has taken a very hands-on approach about being very deliberate in what comes out and next mm -hmm. year is like one movie and then then they'll resume the three to five movie uh pace i'm gonna go with a b minus okay that's optimistic yeah. i i b would minus. say i would say uh a c right now and if i had not finished watching loki season two it would have been a d but Loki, you not take into consideration the strike and everything else going on? A D? Yeah, D. Yeah. Wow. It's uh Yeah, I really I don't really I don't really rock with it like that, man. Wow. Most of the most of the movies, like this is the thing, right? And I got, you know, we talk we both have Disney Plus, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you made me learn that the hard way. <laughs> right. I'm right. If if there are so many times when if i just want something on the background and i just mm -hmm. you know i might be doing something or whatever oh, i just so want a movie just on noise. the background well no, no no this one my point is even if it's that it's always something from the first three phases of movies oh, it's always okay. going to be the winter soldier infinity mm -hmm. war Endgame, black panther thor ragnarok it's going to be one of those mm -hmm. my background stuff is never eternals no it's no. never it's never love and it's never gonna be love and thunder it's not gonna be that it's never um shang chi even though i think shang chi is 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 decent but those movies are just not as interesting to me now with mm -hmm. that said let's say kevin feige calls you he hits you up and he says will i've been listening to sticky floors podcast i love what you're doing <laughs> by the way i want to refer to you as mr will first and foremost right <laughs> I'm pressed for time. Bob Iger's on my neck because the Disney stock is not doing well <laughs> and I need to get this paper up. You know yeah. what I mean? I can't I can't go back to the streets. So I need you to I need <laughs> not you built to help for that me. life. <laughs> I'm not built for that no more. I'm used to the, I'm used to having my own swimming pool in my house. I can't go back. <laughs> Tell me, give me give me like 3 tips three things we can do to get this joint on track. You gave us a B minus, you graded on a curve. You're a generous man, but we want to deliver <laughs> a plus a plus quality stuff. What, what can we do, man? What's, what's your, what's your three things that's going to help get, get us on track, man. Cause I need that money, man. I can't go back. I need that. I can't go back. Where, <laughs> I can't go back in lifestyle. 
These hats are these hats are expensive. I need like a yo. I can't be out here without this hat on. It's not gonna be. It's not gonna work. So what you what you got? What's your three? What's your three things? Oh man, my three prong attack starts with the integration of the old and the new. You can't get to where you're going if you don't remember where you've been. Um, and I definitely think that they they've been dying and clamoring for uh, young Avengers. Um, so much so that even when they introduced um, Riri uh, and they tried to basically say like she was going to be the new quote unquote Iron Man, um, even those that were in favor that were gung ho, they were like, Meh, and real sour on that idea because it was yeah. almost doing a disservice to Tony Stark to Robert Downey Jr. So with that being said, I think that they definitely have to keep some of the stalwart heroes. So whether it be a Thor who's the linchpin to everything or, um, you know, even Rhodey um, or, you know, some, some somebody from the first series, from the first two phases, three phases, whatever have you, um, they've got to keep them around. There is a strong push to keep uh, Wanda uh, in the MCU and somehow make it seem as if she didn't die in Doctor Strange. So um, give the people what they want. That's my segue. Give the people what they want. CJ is, you guys have no idea how hilariously funny CJ is. And he has the saying, they don't want my money. Well, Marvel, <laughs> if, you want the, if you want the people's money, give them what they want. So if you're integrating Yo. the old and the new, the transition is giving the people the characters that they want to see. It was a novel approach. I get it. You know, saying, hey, you know what? We're going to start off with Iron Man. But that's because you foolishly allowed Stan Lee, who didn't have the business acumen, to sell the rights to the flagship hero to Sony. And they should have known that Sony would never give that up. They will keep this dude for perpetuity. We'll be talking about the year 3000, how Sony still has the rights, to, the movie rights to Spider-Man. They will yep. never give that up i don't care if you yep. offered them all the money in the world they'd be like nope not enough but um, but hold on if i can just if i can just interject here for a quick second yeah. you're right sony does have these rights right but why does sony keep trying to make everything except a spider-man movie like because they I don't, don't want your money yo, I, you've committed stop, stop you've making yo stop making venom movies mm. stop making craven movies nobody wants to see that Stop making the Madam Web joint. I just saw the preview for that today. I'm Please. telling you, though, they have to make those because they want to make a live action Spider-Verse uh, story. So they can't give you Craven out of nowhere. And then, ev I mean, excuse no. me, they can't give you the Sinister Six out of nowhere without introducing Craven. They can't give you Craven's The Last Hunt where it's going to feature Spider-Man and all of a sudden... You know, you don't even know who this guy is and the importance. So they have to introduce the chameleon. They have to, you know, give you all these villains who they think can they can say, well, they're just misunderstood or they're anti-heroes or you can look at the Sandman and he was only doing it for his daughter. And, you know, that's what I think. I think they dropped the breadcrumbs within the No Way Home. And they were like, you know what? This could this could work. We could have our own. And I can't think of her name right now, but she, 
uh, the, the lady for Sony, where they basically got rid of her, so, but she still gets production credits, and she has her own production company. You'll see it on Sony. If I look it up real quick. But nonetheless, yeah, she's like if a they Kathleen what's-her-face for Marvel. If they, if they called me and they said, yo, we really like your show. Help us get our joint off the ground. I give them two words. First word is Miles. Second word is Morales. Make that then. You don't want to make the Peter Parker joint? You feel like Disney's already done that and they've done it at a high level and you can't compete with it? Fine. Make that joint. But I digress. So the first thing you said was bridge the gap between the old and the new. Second mm-hmm. was give the people what they want. What's the third way for to, to bring the MCU from a B minus to an A plus? Oh, and it's Amy Pascal. She's, I don't know. Some of these people just have, they're so out of touch. They only see money. But um, that leads to my third point. There is a way to integrate my, making money and still being creative. And Kevin Feige is the master of it, but it's because his business acumen does not trump his uh, need, ability to relate to people in a creative, functioning way. I've heard stories where they say that he's never yelled in, like, or only a handful of times at people, that he's very gracious, humble. It may be true, maybe not, but the, the fact that that image is out there, that works miracles because that attracts good talent. Good people mm-hmm. have good people flock to them. So with that being said, you've got to somehow find the next Kevin Feige. Um, I get it, one-on-one, you know, we're all individuals, but no idea is original. And uh, I think that if they- Shout out to Nas. No doubt. Uh, I knew you'd pick up on that. Um, I think if they groom someone in those ways, because, you know, Kevin Feige was- from what I've read, he was a, a failed uh, director. He got kicked. He wasn't accepted to uh, uh, directing school five times. So he managed to flip it. And when he was working, he cut his teeth on making the X-Men movies. So it's not coincidence mm-hmm. that he's able to do these things. And I think you've got to find someone in that same vein. And I don't think it's mission impossible. We never knew who a Kevin Feige was before either. And to be honestly, I could do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a question of the connections. And I know people that are more knowledgeable than me, so it can be done. It's just a question of will they get the opportunity or will they allow some uh, millionaire who, you know, like in any sports facility, uh, think that they know more than the guys who actually live, breathe, sleep, and play the games. So you got number one, you got bridge the gap between the old and the new. Mm -hmm. Number two, you got give the people what they want. And then number three, you got build a succession plan yes. for Kevin Feige. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. He'll he'll probably like those first two. I don't know how you feel about the third if he was talking on the phone, but you know. I mean, if you're I realistic, he it's not like you're kicking him out the door. You're just saying, you can't do this forever. It's the reason why people get you some, some help. Yeah. Human beings are the only species that I can think of that literally try to find or create rather a replicant in the hopes that they replace them. That's what your progeny are for. I mean, okay. But so, hey. so then, so then, okay. So here's my three joints. If I'm, if I'm going to try to fix the MCU, if Kevin Feige called me, said CJ, I would say, I would. What are you doing? <laughs> would, what are you doing you know, right I'll, now? I got a job for yo, you. Come out to right, Cali, watching, 
watching the Steelers, but I'll come out there. So, <laughs> so here's what it is, right? Three, three things. Um, the first one is make a decision on what you're going to do with Kang the Conqueror. Okay. So if you watched the Loki series, if you watched the Ant-Man joint, they have been trying to build up this um, idea of Kang the Conqueror and his variants, right? And the idea that this multiversal war is coming and it's all based on Kang. Mm -hmm. People who have seen the movies or read, read the comic books are familiar with this, right? Now, obviously, the actor, um, what's his Jonathan name? Jonathan Majors. Uh, thank you very much. I just no it just lost it. Dude. Jonathan Majors um, is in the role and he's now facing some legal trouble, which his actual court case is actually starts this at the mm -hmm. end of this month, right? Yep. Regardless of that, I think they have to figure out what they're going to do with this. If they're going to, if they're going to push Kang, then Kang needs to start showing up in the rest of these movies. And if they're going to build Kang up, then Kang has got to stop being beaten and outsmarted by like the kind of low level people in this joint. You think he's been outsmarted or do you think he's given them the opportunity to think that they are, you know, the saying either is way, Either, either way, I don't want to see that. I want to see, like, you know, mm. we talked about this about Ant-Man, right? Yeah, I know. At the end of Ant-Man, at the end of Ant-Man, Wasp should have been dead. Ant-Man <laughs> should have had a concussion and a broken arm. He should have woke up in a hospital bed talking to, um, what's his name, the Falcon, Black Captain America, and said to him, yo, this dude <laughs> Kang is coming. He's a beast. He he just bodied me. He, he killed Wasp. Yo, we got to get ready for him. That would have been tight. I would have loved to see that. Instead, they kind of had like a weird fist fight at the end, and then he got sucked into another level of the quantum realm. Fine, whatever. The Loki joint, I actually really like what they do with He Who Remains and Loki. I actually, that that portrayal is probably my most favorite. But my point is, is that they, when I, you know, when I really looked, went back and thought about it, mm -hmm. Marvel didn't do a great job of building up Thanos in the first three three phases. He was a little so. bit in at the end. No, he was a little bit at the end of the first of the first Avengers. He was at the end of the second Avengers. He was in one of the cutscenes. He was in the Guardians of the Galaxy, and then he really came to the forefront in the Infinity War joint, right? And that was fine because really the connective tissue of the first three arcs was the Infinity Stones. Mm -hmm. Every movie was like, "Hey, is that a stone? No, that's not a stone. That's what happens when we get this stone." I mean, I, I remember people being like oh, the, the soul stone is probably in Wakanda because, you know, mm. black people got soul or something. Like, I don't know, whatever it was, that was kind of the MacGuffin, right? <laughs> the MacGuffin now is the multiverse, which is why every movie has some kind of multiversal thing kind of happening in it. Right. That's fine. Still, figure out what you're going to do with Kang. My second joint is, and it kind, of it kind of tags to this, they have to establish, and it's actually something that you said too, they have to establish some kind of connecting hero that is going to be moving either in the forefront and the background of these movies to tie them together. Mm -hmm. In the first, in the first uh, phase of movies, that was Iron Man, right? I, I was saying Iron Man <clears throat> and Nick Fury yeah. were kind of like in everything, connecting the tissue from all of these movies, right? They provided consistency. Nick Fury's character is still doing that in the Marvels. Yeah. He's still mm -hmm. providing that level of consistency, but if you're going to play him as comic relief, it's not going to work. Right. So you need to have some other hero step up that you feel like you can have appear in these movies or in the cutscenes. It's going to help to move the story along. 
And I think that's kind of one something that's kind of jamming them up right now. Now, okay. in in a universe of things that they could use, you know, maybe a Mr. Fantastic would be perfect. Mm. But we're still we're still maybe two or three, maybe six years from before that even comes out. If so ever. if ever, right. So they gotta they gotta do that. Um the third part is disconnect the TV shows from the movies. Right. And and this is a this is not a popular idea, but yeah. this is an idea for the the wallets of the other of the people in the world. I've seen like uh, you know when I when I'm looking at um, some of the comments around like the Marvels, I've read a lot of people saying they feel like they're kind of getting ripped off because they have to get a Disney Plus subscription in order to know the backstory of the characters are going to be in a movie to then go to that movie and then have that movie try to sell them on another movie that might be coming out two or three years from now. That may be a little crude and simplified, but I do think that there is a level of stories that they could, that Disney plus can tell that don't necessarily have to connect with a larger story of things. Netflix kind of showed that you can do that with daredevil and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and iron fist and the defenders. That was good. It didn't have, I don't care if I, and if I never see any of those characters in a movie, that's fine. I liked those stories. Like I don't, I don't ever have to see moon Knight in a, marvel movie for the show to be you know good i don't have to see werewolf by night you know in a movie like i think that i think like this like the the idea of the creativity part you can tell the tell the creative stories on um on um disney plus or use disney plus like and you'll remember this remember how back in the day marvel comics had this comic book called Marvel Comics Presents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and Marvel Comics two. Presents would have solo would have solo stories of other heroes, right? Yeah. So you might buy X-Men comic book, but Marvel Comics Presents would have like a side X-Men, a side Wolverine story. Right? So if you want to just see Wolverine like in a bar fighting a bunch of people, that might be what's what's in that episode that mm-hmm. issue. They could do that with the episodes too. Like, just show me like a quick episode of like a one one hour quick episode thing. I I would like that, you know, like that. I I really liked what they did with Werewolf by Night. I think there's a chance for them to do those things again. So, That's my thing is one, make a decision on Kang. Two, um, establish a connecting hero. Three, disconnect the shows from the movies. That would be that would be that would be my my thing. Or don't make don't make watching the shows a prerequisite to understand the movies. See, but I don't think that's the case though. Cause, cause you know, I don't think they do. Well, that. how are you going to, if you were watching the Marvel? Oh, I think they definitely do. No, I think they have. Bat, to... I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll give you an example. Let's say you don't have Disney plus. Mm-hmm. Okay. The last time you went into a movie theater and saw a Marvel movie, you saw Endgame, right? Mm-hmm. In Endgame, the of the um the what am I trying to say? The Avengers, they they beat Thanos, right? Mm-hmm. Scarlet Witch is a big part of that. Right? Okay. You don't have Disney Plus, so you never see WandaVision. The next time you see Wanda, you see her in Doctor Strange 2. All of a sudden, she's got the dark hold. 
she's trying to kill everybody she's got kids you if you don't watch wandavision you don't actually understand how that happened so they've made wandavision um required reading of understanding dr strange too i don't believe that's true and they've actually made it well i, I mean, mean th think about it okay she says <laughs> that's why no, no i'm serious think of think about it she says um she tells thanos you've taken everything from me right so if you've stripped someone mm -hmm. of their their mate lover pa partner whatever you want to call vision uh their their family um then the, her last surviving family member and she's vengeful now you can't tell me that that's not foreseeable for them planting the seeds of a of, a, of her taking a dark turn then when she's talking to Doctor Strange in the apple field, you can't tell me that all of a sudden now she's totally apologetic and she doesn't have something else jumping off in the back of her head. You mean to tell me that? Oh, sure. Wait. But sure. That's that's ex that's exposition. That's exposition. And they're doing that. But but my point is, is that even in that. You still need to have the context to understand what happens because they they're giving you the exposition but these movies have always been based on them showing you the thing that's happening yeah it's like so they're, they're they're um so go ahead oh i i thought you were uh, pausing um i think it's more about um the fact that they are saying all right we can have the best of both worlds they did it with eternals because it's a standalone movie there's nothing really connected to it. They're now saying right. that, oh, that that rock right. from uh, from the Eternals that was an Eternal, um, oh, excuse me, a Celestial, that's going to be Animantium. Not true, but all right, this is what we're doing in the MCU. So now, Animantium, hmm, who wants resources from other places that isn't their own and lays claim to being the police of the universe? The United States. So... You have General Ross, who's a former general, a la Eisenhower, with the military-industrial complex, and they're going to go, and that's how they incorporate Eternals. But you, but you got to understand, like Marvel will always be in sync, or try to link up all of their movies and the connectiveness, and that it's a bigger universe. Just like when people have the uh, um, fan fiction, and they'll say things like, "Yeah, you know what, John Wick." Neo, I could see how that the, the correlation and how one uh, blends into the other, et cetera, et cetera. Or all the mm -hmm. Terminator movies. Oh, it was an alternate yeah. universe for this one and that one. And Sarah Connor had cancer, but now she doesn't. Or Aliens vs. Predator. Everybody does it. And these movies preceded the Marvel Universe. I'm just saying, like, you can do both simultaneously. The, the Defenders, they eventually link up. Because why? Because they are part of the street team level heroes. Yes, and I like that, but I don't care if I see any of those people. I don't. I don't need them to be in, um, the Kang Dynasty, for example. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Because because it, because like, but it Luke Cage is to... in it though. He is in maybe um, in the comics. No, no, I'm saying in the comics because remember, oh, the comics, yeah. Because these people have relationships. Like, uh, what's her face? Um, Jessica Jones. They end up having a kid. They're friends yep. with Hawkeye, and 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 the the, yep. the rumor is is that um, Hawkeye's wife is actually Mockingbird, 
So like she was a former shield agent. That's why she's able to relate and allow him to bring his friends and allow him to go on all these adventures. So again, they're all connected. I think that it was really just about the money play. Oh man, we, we allowed Netflix to, to, you know, display these things. Why? Because we didn't have the X-Men and because we were getting shortchanged on Spider-Man. Uh, so we're going to cultivate these unknown heroes. That's what they did with guardians of the galaxy and they struck gold. And then they tried mm-hmm. to do it again with uh, the Marvels and Captain Marvel, et cetera, et cetera, all these people. And Shang-Chi was kind of successful, um, but the others mixed results at best. Right. But yeah, so I, I agree with that part. What I'm saying is that if you if you don't make it a requirement for me to watch the, if you don't try to sell me, upsell me on something else, right? Oh, then yeah, it will maybe, attract more people. Yeah. Maybe I just want to watch this thing. Like maybe it. like, like part of it, like there is a, there is a, I, I would say there's a, a somewhat legitimate concern about the idea of oversaturation, mm. right? When, when that, when those first phase of movies came out, you would get one or two movies a year. And in between there, you had nothing. Yeah. Now, I watch a movie, then there's a show, then there's another show, then there's a movie, then the show kind of connects to the movie. And I and I get that. I I I do think that it's it's creative and interesting when they try to blend the whole thing together. Yeah. I just well, think that I just think that if they don't make that a requirement, they can tell better stories mm. where people don't feel constrained by I have to try to tie this creatives. Don't have to feel constrained by I have to try to tie this to this movie that might might come out like this in three years. No, that's fair. Thirty three movies and twenty nine billion dollars, though. <laughs> I don't know. That's, a, that's almost a billion a movie. I think that right. I think that leads to our, our next segment, though. Which is okay. my question, which is my question for you. Why does okay. it appear Shoot. that everyone receives so much joy from hating on Marvel? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, part of it is like if you're on top, everybody wants to throw rocks at the throne, right? Mm-hmm. So these movies have made a lot of money, as you said. They've made thirty something million dollars, right? No, no, twenty nine billion. Oh, twenty nine billion. That's okay. That's a big number. Um, yeah. I think that I think what happens is is two things. I think people who make movies um i imagine that it's harder to make movies when people start saying what matters is the what do you do at the box office mm-hmm. and i think that i think that is something that can be off-putting to the creative people that want to tell good stories agreed right i also think that on the actor side it's a long commitment to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. True. And it kind of runs the risk of stamping you as a certain character, separate and apart from your being an actor. Mm. And I think, I think the people that have gotten kind of out of that now have really been able to show the depth of their ability. One of the first movies we did on this show was Oppenheimer, right? Mm-hmm. We know that Robert Downey Jr. is a great actor. Yeah, of course. But but 
the what what Iron Man gives him to work with is much different than much than what Oppenheimer gave him. Yeah. And as a result, it really showed, wow, this guy, is, he's in it, right? Mm-hmm. I've seen a couple of things with Chris Evans. Matter of fact, just today, I watched that um, Pain Hustlers on yeah. Netflix, right, yeah. for him. He's, he has done a couple of movies now. He did that. He did The Gray Man. He did um, The Knives Out joint, joint. to yep. try to try to break out of people seeing him as Captain America. And it's worked, right, for but him. It's, but it's crazy. These guys became these characters because of their history. Everyone knows these guys can act. Chris Evans was in a movie with, uh, um, uh, oh, man, I can't think of her name. She has blonde hair. Kim Bess- Kim Basinger. Um, and it was like a cheesy movie, but, and he was young, but you could, t- you could see it then that he had the acting chops and he's been in countless other movies at that time. So I, yes, I that's know. true. That's true. I think that that's a part of it. The last part is that I think the comic book genre of movies, mm-hmm. which is, you know, like now I think when you think comic book movies, you think MCU because DC yeah, yeah. is kind of life support yeah is so is so formulaic that people have become bored with that i remember i saw this comment right and it's funny you mentioned the the number of movies um one of the comments that i read about captain marvel oh the marvels is that it's the 32nd version of the same movie And I thought, like, I was like, wow, that's a clever, that's a clever comment. Shout out to whoever came up with that. I think it it speaks to like these are good stories, but they're kind of becoming a little too redundant. Um, yeah, a little too redundant. And here's the thing that that challenges that, right? I know you. I don't know if you've seen the show The Boys on Amazon, right? Yeah, people love that show, right? It because it subverts it subverts expectations about comic books yeah about heroes and all those things right people love that cartoon invincible joint right i like that cartoon invincible great it's a very it's a very different thing right and i think when you have stories that are not necessarily so steeped in the mythology and you have more creative licensing to kind of flip and do things move them around a little bit it actually creates a product that could be more enjoyable to people so i think that's what it is but do you see the irony in that? All of these characters that you named. So, for example, Invincible. Invincible and his dad are nothing more than Superman and Kryptonians. And yes, literally but they're not Superman. Yeah, because but then, but, they, there can only be one Superman. And that's the point. Right. But that's everyone's biting off of what is it? the boys is exactly the DC universe um, basically being parodied and 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 basically just crapped on it absolutely it absolutely is based largely on that and on and yes i agree to a thousand percent what i'm saying is that because those characters don't have the the um the the attachment that superman does because omni-man doesn't because homelander doesn't it gives you a lot more room to tell different kinds of stories about these people (laughs) Right. And and I think that is interesting and it gives people more of a creative licensing. So I, I agree. First first and foremost, I think it's hatred. You know, people people hate to see somebody making money. Oh yeah. It's not you. I think the second thing is that it um 
it really maybe restricts creatives because you know they they might not be able to get a a movie that they want to get made because people are mm. like, well, is it going to do a billion or half mm. a half half a billion? If not, I'm not making it. Okay. Um, I think maybe some actors are trying to you know want to do other things, but feel like if I do this, I'm in this for two years for ten years or whatever the case may be. Yep. And the yep. last thing is, I think the the genre some of to some extent has become a little too formulaic. Agreed. What about you? What you got? No. I, I agree wholeheartedly. And to expand even further, I think that the expectations, just like in, in the, the quote unquote real world, when you have expectations, you're only letting yourself down because you're not allowing the potential or the room for growth and expansion. You, you do become stagnant. Uh, you are heaping uh, undue pressure. You are projecting and displacing whatever it is that you're dealing with. But I think that's why I try to remain uh, uh, as optimistic, as uh, uh, appreciative and thankful for them just being on the screen. Because like I tell people, I've waited 30 years, 40 years for these people to be in a live action. I remember watching David Hasselhoff as Nick Fury on on NBC on that show. I remember watching <laughs> Captain America and these cheap spandex and the Fantastic Four and the cheap spandex and the Spider-Man on Electric Company and then all of a sudden in his own show and uh, Lou Ferrigno painted up as green and in the Daredevil movie where he's only wearing all black uh, on NBC. Like, I remember that. And I was satisfied because, you know, hey, you never know when you're going to see them again. Lo and behold, you got three different Punishers. And I still think Thomas Jane should have gotten more extensive or a part two when he came out with the laundromat joint too. But I digress. The point is, is that everyone wants to put their own spin. They think that they can reinvent the wheel. And I'm like, yo, look, if it works, go for it. I don't want to see Wu-Tang partnering up with Future. I don't want to see, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want to see Public Enemy and Little Yachty. I don't want to see that. Wait, do, do Wu-Tang and Future have a song together? I hope not. I hope not. Okay. Probably probably not, but. You know, like Nas tries, Jay-Z tries, but then they'll throw little bars, especially Jay-Z, little darts here and there. But I don't want to see, I don't want to hear that. I I want what I liked. I liked you for a reason. I want you to stay to that. It's like, it's like, like, but but let me, let me ask you a question about that though. Mm-hmm. Does, does Disney have a responsibility to give? Well, I think, I think, I think I know the answer to the question. I, well, I'm asking anyway, does right. Disney have a responsibility to give you what you want? And not, I'm not saying not just you will, but yeah, no, you will they as definitely. the customer. And of course they do. Yeah. Yeah. Of they course. do. They do. And you got to remember, this is the thing that irks me to death, is that they are stewards. They didn't, first of all, they don't pay the creators the money and the respect and the homage that they deserve. That's they true. should, they, they, they treat them like contractors. And I don't agree with that. If I invent something, I create something, I need to get royalties on that for perpetuity. You want me to sign a contract that says you can use my likeness with AI and all this? Nah, nah, homie, we're not playing that. I, I create well, why does like most have said, why does ten percent of my creativity only go to me and you get ninety? That math yeah, ain't well, math. Like 
like you said, that's the that's the business part of show, right? Exactly. <laughs> show. See, see what I mean? That's and the business that's, part of the show. And that's why and I'm not and I'm not saying that's I'm not saying that's fair or right. Oh I'm no, I know. That. Oh but yeah, I, no. And like No, you're merely highlighting the, what we all have come to accept. And unfortunately that's the show of the business. Yeah, it is what it is. But that's my point where I think we I think we're all in consensus that we feel that you know what? No, enough is enough. We can do better and we should do better. And I agree with that. And I think for me, I will be a lot more circumspect before I go to see another one of these movies. So I don't know what's next on the slate. I think it's I think it might be Deadpool three or something. But if that's what it is, I will really consider am i the audience for this and oh, do i really going. want to see this you and maybe maybe audience. that's the case maybe 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 that is the case but i think I, I think like for me as the customer my my greatest leverage is your to buy or not to buy yeah. yeah so i can say you know what hey i'm not i'm not gonna buy that and then mm-hmm. i don't feel bad about it and i can wait for it to come on disney plus yeah so agreed so so with all of that said, um, we're gonna wrap up. This has been a long show, man. We we really we really gave it to the people on this one, man. But as you can, as you can hear, we um we are very passionate about this. Mm-hmm. Um, both both of us have grown up not on, not only on the comic books, but also have watched all of these movies many times, and mm-hmm. you know have a definite affinity for these characters and the stories. And that's not gonna change. And so hey, it's worth that. It's worth that level of conversation. And so, um, you know, for the next week, next week's show, um, we're going to stay in this comic book genre a little bit, but look at it from a different, different type mm. of movie, which is uh, V for Vendetta. And so V for Vendetta, um, some people may know it's a comic book, comic book based on a comic book. Some people mm-hmm. might not. We will get into that um, in more detail next week. And so uh, with that said, uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the Sticky Floors podcast. The uh, podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Please like, subscribe, comment. Your comments help us to do this better. Take care. Peace.